Section 9 of The Shaving of Shagpat. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gabriel Glenn. The Shaving of Shagpat by George Meredith. Chapter 5. The Genie Karaz. Now, when the voice of the Wazir had ceased, Shibli Bagarag exclaimed, O Wazir, this night, no later, I'll surprise Shagpat and shave him while he sleepeth. And he shall wake, shown beside his spouse. Wullahi, I'll delay no longer, I, Shibli Bagarag. Said the Wazir, Thou? And he replied, Surely, O Wazir, thou knowest little of my dexterity. So the Wazir laughed, and Noorna bin Noorka laughed, and he was at a loss to interpret the cause of their laughter. Then said Noorna, O my betrothed, there is not a doubt among us of thy dexterity, nor question of thy willingness, but this shaving of Shagpat, Wullahi, tis longer work than what you makest of it. And he cried, How? Because the chief of identicals planted by thee in his head? She answered, Because of that, but tis the smallest opposer that, then the wazir said, Let us consult. So Shibli Bagarag gave ear, and the wazir continued, There's first the chief of identicals planted by thee in the head of that presumptuous fellow, O my daughter. By what means shall that be overcome? She said, I rank not that first, O Feshnavath, my father. Surely I rank first the illusions with which Rabeskwarath hath surrounded him and made it difficult to know him from his semblances whenever real danger threatened at him. The wazir assented, saying, Second, then, the chief of identicals? She answered, Nay, O father, second, the weakness that's in man, and the little probability of his finishing with Shagpat at one effort, and there is but a sole chance for whoso attempteth, and if he faileth, tis forever he faileth. So the wazir said, even I knew not twas so grave. Third, then, the chief of identicals? She replied, Third, which showeth the difficulty of the task. Read ye not first how the barber must come upon Shagpat and fix him for his operation. Second, how the barber must be possessed of more than mortal strength to master him in so many strokes. Third, how the barber must have a blade like no other blade in this world in sharpness, in temper, in velocity of sweep, that he may reap this crop which flourisheth on Shakpat, and with it the magic hair which defieth edge of mortal blades? Now the wazir sighed at the words, saying, Powerful is Shakpat. I knew not the thing I undertook. I fear his mastery of us, and we shall be contemned. Objects for the red finger of scorn. Nurna turned to Shibli Bagarag and asked, Do the three bonds of enterprise, vengeance, ambition, and love shrink in thee from this great contest? Shibli Bagarag said, Tis terrible, on my head be it. She gazed at him a moment tenderly and said, Thou art worthy of what is in store for thee, O my betrothed, and I think little of the dangers in contemplation of the courage in thee. Lo! If vengeance and ambition spur thee so, how will not love when added to the two? Then said she, As to the enchantments and spells that shall overreach him, and as to the blade wherewith to share him, 
Feshnavath exclaimed. Yonders indeed where we stumble and are tripped at starting. But she cried, What if I know of a sword that not on earth or under resisteth, and before the keen edge of which all illusions and identicals are as summer grass to the sight? They both shouted, The whereabouts of that sword, O Noorna? So she said, Tis in Aklis, in the mountains of the Kush, and the seven sons of Aklis sharpen it day and night, till the adventurer cometh to claim it for his occasion. Whoso succeedeth in coming to them, they know to have power over the sword, and tis then holiday for them. Many are the impediments, and they are as holes where the fox haunteth. So they deliver to his hand the sword, till his object is attained, his event mastered, smitten through with it, and tis called the sword of events. Surely with it the father of the seven vanquished the mighty rock, Krugis, that threatened mankind with ruin, and a stain of the rock's blood is yet on the hilt of the sword. How sayest thou, O Feshnavat, shall we devote ourselves to get possession of that sword? So the wazir brightened at her words and said, O excellent in wisdom and star of counsel, speak further and as to the means. Nurna Nurka continued, Thou knowest, O my father, I am proficient in the arts of magic, and I am what I am, and what I shall be by its uses. Tis known to thee also that I hold a genie in bondage, and can utter ten spells and one spell in a breath. Surely my services to the youth in his attainment of the sword will be beyond price. Now to reach Aklis and the sword, there are three things needed, charms and one is a phial full of the waters of Paravid from the wells in the mountain yon side the desert, and one, certain hairs that grow in the tail of the horse Garavin, he that roameth wild in the meadows of Melistan, and one, that the youth gather and bear to Aklis for the white antelope Gulravaz, the lily of the lovely light that groweth in the hollow of the crags over the enchanted sea. With these spells he will command the sword of Aklis, and nothing can bar him passage. Moreover, I will expend in his aid all my subtleties, my transformations, the stores of my wisdom. Many seek the sword, and people the realms of Rabeskorath, or are beasts in Aklis, or crowned apes, or go to feed the rock Krujis in the abyss beneath the rock's egg bridge. But there's virtue in Shibli Begarag, Wullahi. I am wistful in him of the hands of destiny, and he will succeed in this undertaking if he dareth it. Shibli Begarag cried, At thy bidding, O Noorna, care I for dangers? I am on fire to wield the sword and master the event. Thereupon Noorna bin Noorka arose instantly, and took him by the cheeks a tender pinch and praised him. Then she drew round him a circle with her forefinger, that left a mark like the shimmering of evanescent green flame, saying, White was the day I set eyes on thee. Round the wazir, her father, she drew a like circle, and she took an unguent and traced with it characters on the two circles, and letters of strange form, arrowy, lance-like, like leaning sheaves, and crouching baboons, and kicking jackasses, and cocks a crow, and lutes slack-strung, and she knelt and mumbled over and over words of magic, like the drone of a bee to hear, 
and as a roll of water, nothing distinguishable. After that, she sought for an unguent of a red color, and smeared it on a part of the floor by the corner of the room, and wrote on it in silver fluid a word that was the word Eblis, and over that likewise she droned a while. Presently, she arose with a white, heated face, the sweat on her brow, and said to Shibli Bagarag and Feshnavat hurriedly and in a harsh tone, How? Have ye fear? They answered, Our faith is in Allah, our confidence in thee. Said she then, I summon the genie I hold in bondage. He will be wrathful, but ye are secure from him. He is this moment in the farthest region of earth, doing ill as is his wont, and the wont of the stock of a bliss. So the wazir said, He'll be no true helper, this genie, and I care not for his company. She answered, O my father, leave thou that to me. What says the poet? It is the sapiency of fools to shrink from handling evil tools. Now, while she was speaking, she suddenly inclined her head as to a distant noise, but they heard nothing. Then, after again listening, she cried in a sharp voice, Ho! Muffle your mouths with both hands and stir not from the ring of the circles as ye value life and its blessings. So they did as she bade them and watched her curiously. Lo! She swathed the upper and lower part of her face in linen, leaving the lips and eyes exposed, and she took water from an ewer and sprinkled it on her head and on her arms and her feet, murmuring incantations. Then she listened a third time and stooped to the floor and put her lips on it and called the name Karaz. And she called this name seven times loudly, sneezing between whiles. Then, as it were in answer to her summons, there was a deep growl of thunder, and the palace rocked, tottering, and the air became smoky and full of curling vapours. Presently they were aware of the cry of a cat and its meowlings, and the patch of red unguent on the floor parted, and they beheld a tawny cat with an arced back. So Noorna bin Noorka frowned fiercely at the cat and cried, This is thy shape, O Karaz, change, for it serves not the purpose. The cat changed, and was a leopard with glowing yellow eyes, crouched for the spring. So Noorna bin Noorka stamped and cried again, This is thy shape, O Karaz, change, for it serves not the purpose. And the leopard changed, and was a serpent with many folds, sleek, curled, venomous, hissing. Noorna bin Noorka cried in wrath, This is thy shape, O Karaz, change, or thou'lt be no other till Iblis is accepted in paradise. And the serpent vanished. Lo, in its place, a genie of terrible aspect, black as a solitary tree, seared by lightning, his forehead ridged and cloven with red streaks, his hair and ears reddened, his eyes like two hollow pits dug by the shepherd for the wolf and the wolf in them. He shouted, What work is it now, thou accursed traitress? Noorna replied, I have need of thee. He said, What shape? She answered, The shape of an ass that'll carry two on its back, thou perversity. Upon that he cried, O faithless woman, how long shall I be the slave of thy plotting? Now, but for that hair of my head, plucked by thy hand while I slept, I were free, no doer of thy tasks. Say, 
Who be these that mark us? She answered, One, the Wazir Feshnavat, and one, Shibli Bagarag of Shiraz, he that's destined to shave Shagpat, the son of Shimpur, the son of Shulpi, the son of Shulum, and the youth is my betrothed. Now at her words, the whole genie became as live coal with anger, and he panted black and bright and made a stride towards Shibli Bagarag, and stretched his arm out to seize him. But Noorna blew quickly on the circles she had drawn, and the circles rose up in a white flame high as the heads of those present, and the genie shrank hastily back from the flame and was seized with fits of sneezing. Then she said in scorn, Easily your Karaz is a woman outwitted. Surely I could not guess what would be thy action. And I was wanting in foresight and insight, and I am a woman bearing the weight of my power as a woodman staggereth under the logs he hath felled. So she taunted him, and he, still sneezing and bent double with the might of the sneeze. Then said Noorna in a stern voice, No more altercation between us. Wait thou here till I reappear, Karaz. Thereupon she went from them, and the two, Feshnavat and Shibli Bagarag, feared greatly being left with the genie, for he became all colours, and lowed on them each time that he ceased sneezing. He was clearly menacing them when Noorna returned, and in her hand a saddle made of hide, traced over with mystic characters and gold stripes. So she cried, Take this. Then seeing he hesitated, she unclosed from a left palm a powder and scattered it over him, and he grew meek, and the bending knee of obedience was his, and he took the saddle. So she said, Tis well. Go now, and wait outside the city in the shape of an ass, with this saddle on thy back. The genie groaned, and said, To hear is to obey. And he departed with those words, for she held him in bondage. Then she calmed down the white flames of the circles that enclosed Shibdi Bagarag and the Wazir Feshnavat, and they stepped forth, marvelling at the greatness of her sorceries that held such a genie in bondage. End of chapter 5 Recording by Gabriel Glenn